All right, let's welcome everybody in to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show, Leaf Edition. I'm Nick Kiprios. He's Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale pushing all the right buttons, and all week long, Frank the Tank. All, all week, week long. long, huh? We are available on Sportsnet 590, as always, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus 4. What am I hearing in the background? Frank the Tank chants. Frank from old school. Oh, old school. yeah, okay. <laughs> One of the all-time greats. One of the all-time greats. That movie just... Hey, uh, just two seconds ago, I'm watching you carry this big bag of jerseys in. Of course, we are in mm. the um, T- Tim McAuliffe studio here. Yeah. Uh, and loving, absolutely loving the New York Islander jersey. Look at that thing. But I got to be honest with you. Yeah. From here, it just looks like any New York Islander jersey. Yeah. You, you flipped it on the wrong side. You think it should be name bar out? 100%. I can go, I can go do it. <laughs> go 100%. This is uh, it's my dad's jersey. It's a 1970 New York Islanders game-worn jersey right there. there. The white now with the... It's a jersey. Jersey knit. The jersey knit, by the way, I imagine that would peel your skin off if it, it looks like a cheese grater, that material. So Yeah, I don't like to wear Kay. a shirt under my equipment. By so... the way, Bo, Bo Horvath's wearing that number. Okay, you, yeah. you guys have been bringing jerseys in for like the last week and a half yeah, you just gotta leave a shirt here when it's, they take that one that, off that, that's the only one that excites me <laughs> it is <laughs> my well, junior hockey one doesn't no, no nothing but that's that that is that's yeah. off of a, a a legendary uh dynasty run era those are okay. nice they're trying to recreate the energy of those sweaters so it's hard you, you got to be careful with that that thing is worth Thousands of dollars right so? now. Oh, a hundred percent. If you took that to legit, 100%. like a vintage store in Toronto, I bet you get like close to two grand for it, probably. Oh, really? Maybe. So, <laughs> well, we, we're, we're not Sorry, soliciting Dad. anything here. We're not. We're not somehow, brother. <laughs> we're not in the next hour going to sell your dad's jersey, but you can always text us Never. at five ninety five ninety and just let us know what you. Th- think <laughs> you might be willing to pay for <laughs> a dynasty New York Islanders jersey. I'm just curious. I'm curious, too. Okay. If it's a big enough number, we'll donate it to charity, to Remsen. Oh, what? Don't be that guy that sells dad stuff. Please. <laughs> if you've read don't. my book, I've got some incentive. I don't. I will not. I will not. That's, yeah, Unless. It's really, it's really uh, nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe. Oh, oh, oh. You shopping for a Benz? Oh, oh. <laughs> talk to your guy at the Mercedes dealership. Oh, okay. All right. Toronto Maple Leafs take their one-game winning streak? Or do you need, do you need two to have a winning streak? Uh, I think yes. you need two. Probably. Need two. Whatever they are taking it in and uh, puck drop is in uh, less than two hours. Mm-hmm. And not Crazy. sure how many people know this because I'll raise my hand up. The other day, and we have uh, we have Alan May coming on. Of course, does a terrific job for the Washington Capitals, and he'll uh, he'll help us tee up that game in about twenty five minutes. But I sent him a text the other day. I'm like, "What's with the six o'clock start?" Yeah, and I'll admit it, I didn't know about this staggered every fifteen twenty minutes start for. Yeah. Uh, South of the border, I think it's ESPN driven mm-hmm. called uh, uh, Frenzy. Frozen Frenzy. Yep. Frozen Frenzy. And it's a six o'clock start. 
Yeah, I can't make it home in time for the start of the game. No, I will be watching on tape delay. It is crazy, though. It's every, yeah, so Kipper 6 o'clock, there's enough. one at You'll 6.30. For, yeah. Kipper will be home for puck drop. He will. But every 15 <laughs> minutes until there's a game at 11 p.m. The Flyers play at 11 p.m. tonight. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. that, Philly fans. I'm just wondering, like, will we walk, when we turn it on eventually and, and see half a building empty because some people didn't know? Well, no. yeah, that's wow. possible. I mean, if you had a... If I didn't know and I'm in the industry... Well, if you're going to the game tonight, right? You know, you've looked into it. Do you? I think so. Like, if you have a ticket on your phone, I, you're aware. When was the last time you looked at the fine print of any ticket and said, well, "Oh, there it is." I'll 6 tell you a story. PM. I wrote the. I've written one story for NHL.com. I was living in Arizona. I was like, "Let me cover a game. Just give me a chance." I was in Arizona. They're like, "Go to the game. Give us a game story. Whatever." I show up there at like five, whatever, to start my you know prep. The game started at six. I didn't know. It wasn't a 7 o'clock game like I had assumed. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm telling you, some people are going to get caught. Well, there'll be, there'll be at least one of the 20,000 that are going tonight that won't <laughs> yes. know the start of the Just game. Just real born out there. <laughs> Anaheim and Columbus, 6.30. Buffalo at Ottawa, 6.45. And then Carolina, Tampa. And then you get your regular 7, 7.15, 7.30. Gets a little normal again. 8.15 in Detroit. Mm-hmm. That's a little late for the kiddies. 8.15, yeah. We got 8.30 in Chicago, 8.45 in Winnipeg, and on and on. All right. Just, we go. Uh, to steal a, a line from Babcock, will the Leafs start on time <laughs> at 6 p.m. Eastern? They could use it. Uh, the Leafs have trailed most of this season. You know, they have been behind. They The games they've won, they had to catch Montreal. They had to yeah. catch Tampa Bay. They scored first against Tampa, though, didn't they? They did yeah, before yeah. Yeah, giving it before, up. Yeah, so but that was they, the first time only, they scored first. Only the game against Minnesota have they really had a lead. So it'd be nice to see them, you know, go up 2 nothing and control a hockey game. But, you know. Is this one of those where we're going to be talking tomorrow about uh, the Leafs playing down to their opponents? Because there is a sense that the, a lot of people think that Washington's not going to be very good this year. Yeah. And I know we're only, what, five games in, but, like, have we seen enough out of Washington to su- suggest that there might be some some issues with this lineup? And dare I say it, Ovi may have lost a tad now that he's going into his late 30s. Thing is, they just have too many good players to be outright terrible. It's not just Ovi or just Backstrom, but it's also... Oshi and it's Tom Wilson and Kuznetsov and yeah. Carlson and but like Wilson they, hasn't been very good from but again no. you're five games in off of a major surgery yeah like I I think they're going to be pretty bad I don't but I think they're going to be 84 points bad not like you know bottom of the league picking Celebrini next year bad it's funny though going in tonight the Leafs are first in the NHL in shots four per game a 38.6 average and the Capitals are uh, 30th. They're t- below uh, below 25 shots per game so far. So, you know, all the stats say the Leafs should handle things tonight, but that never goes well. All right, let's go to uh, <laughs> let's go to Sheldon Keefe for our first Kippers Clipper of the show on Washington. Uh, just, they're making a lot of plays, uh, making a lot of plays. Their defense are very involved uh, in their offense. Often you're seeing uh, four guys, you know, below the, below the circles and below the dots and looking to uh, attack the net that way. Uh, so that stands out. They've got good good depth. The lines are, you know, things are pretty spread out um, throughout the lineup uh, in terms of their forward depth and, and the experience that they have. And uh, it is a good mix of that 
you know, the experience and then the, the young players, some of the young players are coming in that are giving them uh, a lot of push offensively too. So they've been very good in transition uh, here to start the season. Um, while they're trying to find their game, probably similar to us in a lot of ways. There's Offensively, they've been one of the top teams in the league in terms of generating chances, uh, but defensively they've given up a bunch, so uh, we have been similar. So they have different metrics than you. Well, obviously he's <laughs> using chances and not shots, so yeah. maybe all of their shots are chances at this point. I'll use the Google machine on that. We're going to bring in Alan May, but uh, there seems to be a sense that uh, – as far as uh, coaching goes, uh, there's been a major transition of, I guess, systems or philosophies because Laviolette's gone. Ex-Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, uh, Carberry's in. Mm-hmm. And I think he's asking them to play a lot faster. I just don't know if, if they're capable of yeah. playing a lot faster. Yeah, maybe not. And maybe they're not a team that's meant to be a fast transition hockey team. You know, like they're probably better being more slow the game down, mm-hmm. grind it out. It is tough. I, I've always thought this about being a coach. Like you can have a certain way you want to play and maybe Carberry is one of those guys. But if your first job, you're handed a roster that doesn't match with your preferred way of playing, who has to adjust? You know, is it 20 players or no, does the coach? can't make guys faster. You can't. So it's the coach, and I think that's a big ask for a first-time NHL head coach to say, play a way you don't like to play because this group doesn't suit the way you do like to play. You know, and he's talking about guys down the lineup there in the depth. It's, you look at their, their lines, and look at Anthony Mantha's playing on the fourth line for them. That's a guy that you would have expected to probably be a lot higher in the lineup than mm-hmm. playing on the fourth line. Yeah, uh, what's going on what's, there? Yeah, what's uh, happening? with Everybody him? except maybe the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, they traded we him. traded for, him. Did we just say tra- yesterday that the team always knows first? They traded him for, what was the deal? I'm trying to think of the guy they traded. Verana? Uh, Verana, yeah. I think Verana? it was Verana who ended up, in, who ended up in, um, with some stuff down in the minors. Then he went to St. Louis. Yeah, so. there were some off-ice issues yeah. there, by the way, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm talking about the team knows first. By the way, Washington, uh, second or third last in scoring chances for and third last in expected goals for. So Keith may have just been blowing smoke for his team to get prepared. I don't know. Okay, so we'll, we'll <laughs> get... writing on the wall. <laughs> Let's get his thoughts on what he's looking for tonight out of, uh, out of his team. More focus on the Leafs than Washington. Clip four? Uh, clip four. Yep. You know, when I look at the Florida games, I look at... Uh, uh, South Florida, I thought that we played a good game on, on the defensive side of the puck, gave up very little, didn't generate as much as we'd like. In Tampa, I thought that we generated a lot, um, but gave up a lot as well still uh, in transition and and uh, off the rush in particular. So I'd like to see it, you know, still look for both those areas to come together uh, here for us. And like I said, this team's going to challenge us here again, similar to Tampa. And they're coming on the rush. Uh, their D are going to be very involved. And they've got skill throughout the lineup. So um, that's really it is for us is to find that they keep the focus on us and the things that we can do well, uh, but also make sure that we're, we're uh, tidying up the areas uh, without the puck. A convincing win would go a long way to make I think a lot of people feel like whatever hiccup, slow start, whatever you want to label it might be in the rear view mirror, but it, it, it will take a solid 60 minutes. Would you agree with that? If, yeah. Even if, 
is it, it or is the win just the most important thing? It's at this not. Point? You know why? Because let's be honest, the, the Leafs are three and two, barely. Yeah, they are barely three and two. Austin Matthews had to shoot one in from the goal line to get them to overtime against Montreal. Like they needed, you know, they've needed everything to go their way for them to be three and two. So if everything goes their way and they and a whisker a whisker away from being blown out Saturday night. Yeah, I think that's fair. They're not far off from like one and four. Right. Yeah. Then realistically, three like and two. So if they go and sneak another one out, I'm not coming in here being like they just keep getting the dubs and it doesn't matter how. <laughs> like it's <laughs> fucking I, I agree be with damned. That. Yeah. yeah. You'd like to see them control a game, win a game. Like this is supposed to be a Washington team that's not great. So yeah. I think it's time for expectations to change past getting the points. Even though you mentioned it's important that they do that. That's good they're getting them. Yeah. Gives them time to sort it out. And the depth, right? That's where it really started at least having a different look than what we've seen in the past four or six weeks is yeah. the, the, the depth. And uh, I think uh, Sheldon also gave Yarncroc some some love. Let's listen to his comments on uh, – and why he thinks Yaron Kroc can be a good fit amongst his top six. Intelligence and work ethic, those two things combined. Uh, he has the work ethic to move his feet uh, and uh, move around the ice and the intelligence to go to the right places. So I would say that's, those are the two things that stand out. And then you know, he, has the, he has finishing ability as well. So um, I think that's what makes him a good fit. But the, the, the first two that I mentioned, uh, that's what makes him a good fit on, a, on any line. Gee, I could have sworn he was talking about Kerfoot. Right. <laughs> <Same> Yardfoot. <laughs> so you're talking about how he's always kind of like has a guy. We were mm-hmm. talking about this off air yesterday. Yeah. And it's just like, this is now his guy. Yeah. So Keith, this is like an established thing. He finds a guy. When I was with him, with the Marlies, we yeah. had Zach Hyman one year. You can be excused for making yeah, that your I, guy. That's a good choice for him. The next year we had a, a kid named Colin Smith. And Colin Smith uh, was like a half a point per game type of guy. He came to us and he was like a, the, he liked him. It, liked him a lot. He became a point per game guy. He played on every line. He hasn't been a point per game guy since. He's a half point per game guy. He's in the DEL or whatever. But he, we played him on every line. He found a guy. This is like his new guy. You see, it was Kerfoot. Now it's Yarn Yarn Cross. That's always kind of been the the case with coaches in with general. Coaches, they 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 find their little pet. Yeah, and it's abundantly clear to nineteen other guys who the teacher's pet is. And it's like a compliment. I remember in the coach's office calling the player a band aid, being like, "Okay, this line is hurt." Put the Band-Aid on it, and it'll be better. Like, this player will fix it. That's the best use of Band-Aid in sports yes. there is. The yeah, other you're use a positive is, line of Band-Aid. very bad. Yeah. <laughs> but so you're, but I, you're right. The guys do resent the Band-Aid. Oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, a little bit. But there's some teasing involved. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, who, 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 who doesn't love Hyman? Who, who wouldn't love Hyman on any team? Yeah, but, Connor Brown was about but, that, you too. Know, he was wonderful, there, too. There is that element. And once upon a time, I was in Hartford. I had a good year there, scored 17. Paul Holmgren was my coach. Yeah, you're tough. You scored. They're like Al Peterson. Yeah. Uh, I never called me Kipper or Nick once. It was Homer Jr. Homer Jr. Homer Jr. That's what he called me. Like as in Simpson? No, no. Like Paul <laughs> oh, Holmgren. Homer Jr. Oh, Homer Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was his favorite son. Oh, geez. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, it it does follow you. Yeah. I don't know if Yarncroc's going to keep it all year long. Kiefer Jr.? Kiefer Jr. I call him Kiefer Jr. <laughs> right? So, and at the end of the day, you guys know how I feel about Yarncroc. I, I think he, there's, there's, he's a serviceable guy, but the, this guy should never 
be ever con- be considered uh, <laughs> he's a, the definition of mid guy yeah i mean long term i guess you're never you, getting you, more out of him than he did you did last year you can fill spots in yeah but if if i'm attacking four rounds this guy is not on my top 6 no. You got to have a purpose when you play with Matthews and Marner. Well, I you think like a real purpose. I think him being there this early says more about Tyler Bertuzzi than it does about I Tyler Yarncroft. comment. That's true. Like, yes. He's this just, is not about Yarncroft at all. Everyone had it all drawn up all summer this, as soon as Tyler Bertuzzi signed that he would be playing on the top line with those two guys. Yeah. And we're now in week two of the season or week three of the season, and he's already off the top line. The coach can sell it to Bertuzzi as you're a little banged up. You know, let's let it get better. <laughs> find your footing. Yeah. How do we feel ba- about his percentage today? Is he up. back to 100? 88.3. Under 100%? Oh, yeah, still under 100. Oh, no way. He's at 100. <laughs> <laughs> the second they it's, five, it's six games in. How could you be 100%? Yeah. So that's what that is, right? And so until he's better, yeah, we're right back by to... Yarn Crackle, hopefully by Bertuzzi time. Boys, the, or nice. the curse of starting on that line is, yeah. is becoming real. It was... Joe Thornton, and the next year it was Nick oh Ritchie, God, and this year it's Tyler Bertuzzi. None of them made it to November on the line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm not saying those are bad players. I'm not yes. saying they're hard to play with. I'm saying specifically you have to be an excellent player to I, be there. I and don't those think guys... it's easy to play with them. No. I think you have to be fast. You have to really sure. be able to think the game. Like, those two guys are elite, elite players, top... 15 players Who's in the, the league. the most successful guy? To ever play there? It's Michael Bunting. And he managed 57 points or 65 it's points? Fun. It's Willie Nylander. Yeah. Willie Nylander's sure. the most successful guy when he's there. You just can't have your lineup. He doesn't count. No, it's he been doesn't. so long ago where he sustained any uh, longevity on that line. So he doesn't count. But they, we they did, did it a bit on Saturday, too. On so, Hockey Night yeah. in Canada. Well, they, when, they, you need, yes, when you're down 3 yes, 1, yes. it's not hard to load up. So they ran the list of wingers who've been in that spot with I those saw two. You saw that. that. List. And Willie's second. And I, I don't think he's ever had any real run there. It's just like in games when they're like, I don't know, get him out there. We need one. He has totaled a huge number of time. But, but, but Bunting in, in. Ooh, Hyman was the best there. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. But was it but Hyman but playing it, with those two? Was Hyman? It was Hyman and Matthews. I don't think Marner's at Tavares. Did Hyman then. ever touch sixty-five points here? Yeah. Can you? Check um, that what's on? Hyman's best point production? He might. He might have got up there around fifty. I don't know if he got as high as. Uh, I feel like he was like Bunting. twenty-seven and twenty-five for 50 his highest some. point total here was forty-one. Whoa! Okay, so you. So so it's was it? it's Bunting. Yeah. It is bunting. It's bunting. Most successful. And what do you deem successful? Is it points? It's it uh, driving lanes? Is it right? He got. He went to the area of the ice that they don't, which leaves everything else open. It draws people there. Yeah. It's got to be a net front guy. Hyman's effectiveness was he got the puck, so that was his utility on that line. You know, like you got to do something for those guys. Can you play with them? Can you get the puck? Can you go to the net front for Yarncroft? The answer is kind of all of it. I guess a little. Okay. But you mentioned Hyman and Matthews. There's a while where Babcock in Matthews' rookie year put him with Connor Brown and Hyman. And yeah. he was like the driver of that line, which at some point over the season, I wouldn't mind seeing something like that for, for Matthews. It'd be nice if you could put together Hyman, Matthews, and Brown right now. Now, <laughs> now it would be an absolute mule of a line. Yeah. I know Brown's struggling. Yeah. It would have been like, even if a Tyler Bertuzzi signing at $5 million and you would have said an 
okay year. Like even if he didn't have a a great year, say you have an average year, that should be like 50 points with his eyes closed. Eyes closed. Okay. Minimum expectation if you play 80 games on that line is 50. Career year Minimum. would be 80 points. Yes. Career year. Viable. Considering his age and what he's done in the past, that's a realistic number. But it's there's a sense that we haven't seen like the thought that he, he can even get to 50 points with that line right now. It's funny seeing Domi make two plays. Was that, that one so far? So One point? Yeah. It's funny seeing Domi make two plays last game that were, you know, nice and whatever. You're like, all right, that's what it looks like when Domi is whatever. We haven't seen a moment from Bertuzzi where we're like, that, there it is. That's and the... Is, was that point... It was a goal on the power play. Did it involve... No, okay. he just banged it in front of the net. Yeah. There's a net. goal, yeah. But that, uh, like an, he hasn't got an even strength point with them, including exhibition games, which he had three. So, I mean, that's, that's a long stretch. Eee. It's a long stretch. Yeah, that to, is. To get no points with two of the better players in the NHL. It's almost like how long can you bake Matthew Nyes in, Nyes in the oven yeah. so he can be fully cooked come playoffs. To put him there. Put him with the main course. Did I connect that analogy all the say, way through? I was, I, my I mind was going. It's like, you're getting there. <laughs> Have you seen enough... Yes, chef. Out of out of Bertuzzi's <laughs> game to definitely say that we aren't. We're, we're talking about uh, at the end of the day, uh, a hard nosed player, but is not elite. Bertuzzi, yes. Uh, maybe or not. Still, a, you still want to wait and see? Yeah, is I'm he, not. Can he be elite? No. Can he be elite? I don't think he's an elite player. I think he's a really good player who can be complimentary to those kind of guys, right? I don't know. What he, what was, he scored how many one year? He scored 30, 30 one year or something. And, you know, you talked to Morgan Riley, who was interviewed this season, saying he was surprised at how talented he was, how the plays he can make, the skill. Like, you know, combined with that gritty element, maybe elite's not the right word, but he'd be a really, really good player. I just remember watching him with the Red Wings against the Leafs. I hate that guy. He's everywhere. He's yeah, in every play. Exactly right. I'd be like, God, he's just so annoying. And yeah. he's really, and he just haven't, other than that time where who, the goalie that he Stuck speared the goalie right in the, yeah. the groin, speared him hard, and then it was a big scrum. But ever since then, I feel like I haven't really seen much of that. Yeah. Which was, I thought was a big sure. part of this game. But if he just has a moment or a period, much like Max Domi, he can alleviate, alleviate all these conversations. That's just it. one, That's one it. good game against Washington yeah, he's tonight. One and two tonight right? with a dust stop, and all of a sudden we're like, there it is. Yeah, there you it know? is. Okay, and it's all good. We're back on track. So. For sure, but I would like to see it. Well, yeah, because eventually <laughs> you get to game 22, and it's like one game of one and two ain't going to fix this. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, he, he needs a night. I think pressure's on him. Okay, one, uh, one note on. Uh, on uh, our good friend Joseph Wall, which was a Max Domi comment that we didn't, we kind of slid by us yesterday. Feeling dumb. Dumb. For not having had it? Yeah. Like, it's just like, uh, I didn't even hear it. If you'd heard it, you'd have. I didn't see it. It didn't come across my lexicon. Well, I, I, nothing, I, nothing gets by me. There's a mob police. of autograph seekers oh, for you to get into the building. I heard it. I like that this is going to be the theme with Sammy. He's gotten right. too famous to, to produce. <laughs> oh, look at this right. guy. Oh, I know. I, oh, yeah. It's a terrible it's producer. Okay. No, it's I feel right. bad. But let's listen to the clip. All what right. he says from Max Domi. He's great, man. 
he uh, he really kind of reminds me of, of, of Terry Price's demeanor. He's very calm and relaxed, and both on and off the ice, and big body moves really technically sound. I mean, I'm not a goalie coach by any means, but he's he's outstanding. And um, I mean, obviously the first the first few ones, Sammy, were weren't his fault. I mean, those are some elite goal scorers making some elite plays, and um, wasn't his fault at all. But just to kind of shake things up, and then Waller came in was was really a stonewall. So it's great to see. Waller. And this is where Max knows the city and the media as good as anybody out there. He grew up in his, as a kid, and now he's living it as a leaf. You throw that comment out in Columbus, and uh, and nobody says boo. We found it. You, you, <laughs> you throw that comparison out in Toronto, and you, and you know now it's going to another level. It's actually the greatest thing he's done as a Leaf so far, including the two huge passes in third period last game. What a troll of Montreal fans to be like, oh, the kid who's played 14 games? He's basically Carey Price. <laughs> Carey Price. Meh. David. <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh, poor God. So, um, Was it you yesterday or the day before uh, you used the word uh, economical to describe I him? I did, yes. So I, I think that kind of lends towards, I think, the only point Max is trying to make there yeah. is that he's efficient. quiet. Yes. He's efficient. He's quiet. He doesn't get excited. You don't there, think he was saying he's better than Carey Price? There's a very good chance that he's not dropping his stick yeah. <laughs> in a game. Yeah. yeah, And, and, and th- that's basically, I think, the comparison is that they, they, they tend to look like they're not as excited as some other goalies. Okay, right. can I lay out a scenario for you guys? Yes. Joseph Wall leaves win tonight. 4-1, 28 saves. Yep. He's fine. Who starts Thursday? Hold on, I didn't know Kim's oh, okay. answer. You're starting Wall. Uh, I'm starting Sammy. Sammy yeah, goes Thursday I, for me no matter I, what. I'm not... Uh, I, I, I tend to go with you because, and, and, it's, and it's really based off the lack of success I've seen coming out of the gate. If there's a, a stretch of a window where I see some good hockey and the guys are feeling good about themselves, and Sammy, in your 4-1 win, mm-hmm. that they, are, they seem to be technically sound and comfortable yeah. with their pairings and their gaps. Everything's just working. And everything's working, then, yeah, let them, let them run with it. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Tough to argue. I mean, you know, yeah. like, what do you owe Ilya Samsonov? I think my one of my favorite points I've heard about this whole goalie debate is, like, what do you owe Ilya Samsonov? He's on a one-year deal. It's not like he's five years, and you have to get it figured out with him. No, Just right. play your guy that's playing well right now and see who plays well the most. You change my mind. Okay. If Wall wins tonight, see, that's good radio to me where someone's willing to change their yeah, mind. Yeah. I change my mind all the time. You, for new information. Yeah. yeah. But I think you guys are right. You, you, have to also, you also have to factor in that this is all new to – Joseph Wall, and you know, you've got to manage him. You've got to protect him. And I don't know. I mean, in terms of we, we've seen the hype in the media run with a lot of things over the years, and you don't want it to get a little out of hand. And you've got you to protect this kid. If, if it's January or February and he's, it looks like he's running the table, you're still going to go into a – a scenario where, well, he's never done it before in the playoffs. I know. That's always going to be there. Do you really want to trust a rookie on the year that you're supposed to go to a a conference final or a final finally after how many tries? You're going to leave it to that kid? You're going to hear me say it. 
with the alternative is Samsonov, who I don't know if you've looked at his playoff numbers, aren't exactly sparkling. So, you know, it's not yeah, like it's well, going up against prime Matt Murray or something. Show me Martin Jones. <laughs> oh, right. no, I'm good with that, too. <laughs> but he's the only goalie that's gotten you a playoff win in Samsonov, yeah. 2000. Samsonov? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Right? Pretty damn good against Tampa Bay. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple good ones. You ready yeah. to crap all over him and, uh, uh, before Halloween? No, I'm not doing right? anything. I'm just no, saying. No, I know. I'm just saying. That's the <laughs> dilemma here. Uh, all right. We got to get right? to Alan May. Yeah, let's take a, let's take a break. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And after, uh, we'll welcome in Alan May, former NHLer, does a terrific job covering the Washington Capitals, and he'll get us teed up for the big battle starting 6 p.m. Eastern. All right, quiet. I got some news here just before we throw it to Alan May. David Pagnata of uh, the fourth period says that there's a power outage in Columbus that is affecting the downtown area. And the 630 puck drop is in jeopardy, meaning the frozen frenzy is melting. (laughs) Melting! Yeah, that's not not much of a frenzy when it's just a six and a seven p.m. game. All like all the planning, yeah, and it's of all the teams, it's CBJ. And, and the great irony is they could have used that thirty minutes to fix the problem. You I know. Mean, <laughs> all right, to help us tee up the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Washington Capitals, let's welcome in Alan May, former NHLer and former uh, analyst of NBC Washington. They've changed it to Monumental Entertainment because when you think of Alan May, you think monumental you do is that the reason why they changed the name well if you're waiting for me to answer that it's a monumental sports network but i'll take the compliment i can see the washington monument right now on my drive in nice pretty spectacular so yeah so i think i'm pretty spectacular too so i'll take it man so be be honest when when i asked you why the six o'clock p.m start tonight uh did you have to go find out why or did you know because I'm not sure how many people are going to show up to start the game. Well, you know what? That's a big thing. That's going to be a big thing around the National Hockey League for, you know, a lot of the games in the different time zones. We're just looking at the Eastern right now. But you know what? I actually heard something about it the other day, (laughs) and I forget what I was listening to, but that's how I found out. Because I didn't look at – I'm an old-school dude. I, I look at paper calendars. And I didn't even bother. I just looked. We had a game today. And then it was the 6 p.m. start. And then I started. And then I heard yesterday or the day before I was listening to a podcast or something. And they talked. All 16 teams are playing. Oh, that's strange on a weeknight. <laughs> and then I looked. And I noticed that every game was 15 minutes apart or so. Like, it goes 6 to 6.30 and then every 15 minutes, I think. And I was caught by surprise. I think there's going to be, you know, buildings that fill up halfway through the you know, maybe the second period, the start of the second period, they'll, they'll start to fill up. But I think a lot of people were caught by surprise. And, you know, I had some emails from the Capitals and the parent company today that, you know, remember. And, as you know, my season ticket account got a it's a 6 p.m. start. So I'm not sure many how many people plan their weekday around a 6 p.m. game today. And uh, no matter what, when you drive to a Caps game in Washington, you're dealing with the worst traffic in the world. The city's as old as it is and the the roads haven't been, you know, they're not that big, and you're always stuck in traffic here. To go a mile takes forever a lot of days. 
Well, that's relatable, being here in Toronto, I can tell you that much. Um, what are the Toronto Maple Leafs in for tonight? You know, the uh, the cap's off to a slow start here. Has it just been sort of a, a bad couple of games, or is it a possible trend for what this team may be this year? Well, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. Team is every system is drastically different from what Laviolette's system was which was a lot of standing around, a lot of throw the pucks in and then wait in the neutral zone, Uh, not necessarily physical, a weird defensive zone package, and every single thing with and without the puck is different right now. And Kipper will tell you, and actually you played, Justin, you know this, when hockey players think they're not moving their legs, when they react and they're just going, you know, reading and reacting, they're at their best when their instincts take over. Right now, we got guys trying to try, tie their shoelaces while they're skating, and, and they're just all on a whack. And we've got players who never give the puck away that are giving it away left and right. We have players that should be shooting, and they're thinking they need to pass. And what the part that concerns me most this early on is defensively, there's always one play, player per five-man group that's making a huge defensive read in the wrong way, making a huge critical error. And it's leading to, right now, the way they're playing, it's leading to a goal in their net or a high-danger scoring opportunity. And on the other hand, they're not creating enough when they do have the puck because they're overthinking everything. So it's going to take a little while to get rid of all that stuff. And I told Kipper in an earlier conversation that, you know, I think the fans should be paid to go to the preseason games because the players don't give enough of a half-ass effort. Uh, The rookies overthink everything. And it's not like... When we all played, when you just go for it, you know, you go out your way, you run a goalie, you pick a fight, you push and shove, you act like, a, you know, the biggest jerk you can on the ice. And if you're a guy that scores goals, you try to take it to the net rather than overthinking everything. And as a result, I think the Caps being an older team with that preseason effort that a lot of the vets give us, I don't think they're quite ready to get going yet. It's going to take them the rest of the month to get their hockey legs. We're talking to Alan May, Capital Capitals analyst for Monumental Sports Network. Uh, speaking of not creating offensively, uh, we got to talk about Ovi here. And for the first time, I think two consecutive games without a shot on goal. I think in four games, nine total. Those aren't Ovi numbers. Uh, what, what are we dealing with here? Just an, a, another uh, situation where the system needs to work itself out or are we actually seeing a 38 year old maybe slowing down a tad dare i say it well you, you know what that's going to be what everyone's going to say until he until he starts putting numbers up and the biggest thing is minus those two games without a shot where they were all drastically outplayed was he hasn't had this is the first time from the start of a season where he hasn't had a goal through four games so, you know, the last game, he put the puck to the net. He should have had some goals, but he wasn't creating chances. I don't think he's been, you know, getting up the full speed, and they haven't had the puck enough. When you look at their possession uh, numbers, they don't have the puck on their sticks enough, so they're not doing a lot of entries. Uh, guys are overcarrying it, so they're not necessarily doing a forecheck when they enter. They're, they're kind of giving the puck away on the entries. So I think all of it kind of goes together, but at the same time, you know, there's two ways of thinking for older players. And, and, you know, some guys, they get older, they work out way more. Some guys, they do less, and they try to, you know, go along as the season and, and keep getting their, their, their legs going. And, 
you know, like work themselves into shape. So he might be in the latter half of that because he really hasn't got it going yet. Uh, and, and so I think it's just a matter of time till he gets his legs under him. And I will make, sh- you know, he, he will, he, he will get going. And I, I never bet against him. People have been betting against him for years, but I think he's had more goals in the last half of his career than he did in the first half. And last year he would have had 50, but the back acted up. He had a really, you know, he should even play been playing at a certain point in the season. And he was trying to tough it out. Like a lot of guys, I appreciate guys that try to play hurt and, and want to play hurt. But at the same time, I think it's up to coaches to take players out of the lineup. Uh, he came back, played the last game of the season. I think that was just as a thank you to the fans. And, uh, he, you know, you could tell he just wasn't right. So the big thing with him, he needs to be healthy, needs to get those legs going, and he needs to shoot the puck. And when he gets, you know, 8 to 12 uh, shot attempts a game, he's creating offense one way or the other. And I think he's got to get to the point where he starts forcing the puck to the net. The power play has not been good. It's been standing around. Everyone knows their 1-3-1, what they've done for a dozen years. And now they have to start moving bodies around. They can do the 1-3-1, but players have to start skating and they've got to start moving around. They can't just let the puck do the movement. I think they need to take a little bit out of Toronto's book on the power play and have players moving at all times. And I think once they start doing that and get out of those old flight patterns, the power play will get going and Ovechkin will really get going. Just one more follow-up before I let you back in here, JB, and that's just uh, this the, the chase for Gretzky. Um, and there's a real feel like, you know, he's close. Are there any signs right now that, uh, you know, it, it, it may weigh on him a little bit or that the Washington Capitals are going to start building something around him or the league on, on campaigns? Are there any signs of that, or are we still too early no, you know what? The, the big the, the, it's not wearing on him. He, you know, he just plays the game. And and Nick, you've been around him with me. He he's still five years old. He still loves the game, and it's just that the body's not five years old. And he he's going to have to push it a little harder here, really get it going, and he'll put his numbers up. So as we get closer next season, when he gets within striking distance of Gretz's number, uh, I think he'll be a lot more enthusiastic. You know, to start the year. And he'll get it going. But I still believe he's going to score 40-plus goals this season. And as I said, I've always bet on this guy because he always comes through. And I I look at the 42 goals last year would have easily been in the 50s. He would have 50s the year that they had the shortened season due to the start of COVID. He and Pasternak were like, what were they, 48, 49 goals. And they still had 11, 12 games left, the cap. So I just look, this guy can score goals. He's just got to move his legs. This whole team has to play better. He's too old to carry the team all by himself, so it has to be a group effort to create everything. And then you get back to, you know, they owe Ovechkin. You look at all the teams. The Maple Leafs have won one series in the entire time that Ovechkin's been in the NHL. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, for people that said he never cared, he used to carry this team on his back season after season. Uh, He was the one guy. He tried to... He tried to score all the goals, felt bad if he didn't score all the goals. And he would blame himself every year for playoff defeats. And I looked at it was coaching. It was shortage of roster, not enough guys, not enough pieces. And he's a proud guy, and he wants to play well. And he still wants to get another crack at the Stanley Cup. And, and I really believe that he thinks it's possible. But at the same time, he's getting older. He's got to play better. The entire team needs to play better.
geez, Alan, you really shivved the Leaf fans in there. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, speaking of Leaf fans, uh, I'll do my duty, uh, you know, guiding the Leafs hour here and ask you about Rasmus Sandin, a guy who here couldn't quite live up to his potential, but there wasn't quite the opportunity for him. What is Rasmus Sandin on this Washington Capitals team? Well, when he came in here, he was lights out offensively at the start. And then he started with the system they had. There were so many weird reads and the standing still in the neutral zone because Rasmus is not a fast skater. And, you know, most nights the Caps had a 30-plus-year-old. Every guy in D was over 30. They bring him in there. And he was getting caught in no man's land quite a bit, not understanding the reads and didn't really pinch with authority. So now that they're playing a faster system, he's trying to get up to speed with the system they're they're playing, you know, keeping the puck in the offenses on which they want to do a lot, like the Leafs are very good at. And uh, so when you look at that, and then defensively, I still think that, you know, strength, size and strength costs him some in the defensive zone. So as a young player, he's going to figure that out. He's going to have, you know, the only way to figure it out is to play in games. You can practice with the extra coaches all you want, all 10 of them. Uh, but the only way to get better is figuring out in a game uh, understanding what you need to do better, understanding what you what you do well, and so it's a learning process for Rasmus. And uh, as time goes on, I, I think he'll fit in very well on the second pair. Uh, they got him away from John Carlson tonight, who's an absolute stud, and comes to play every night for the Caps. And he's going to play with Nick Jensen tonight, and it should be a lot different dynamic for the Caps D. One guy that the the Capitals year after year I've been counting on is, is Tom Wilson. Of course, he's coming off major knee surgery where he lost half his season. What Off to a slow start, uh, the injury can explain that. What, what, what does he need more, Alan, to get himself going? Uh, a big hit, a big fight, or a big goal? What are we going to see out of uh, Tom Wilson tonight versus the Leafs? I'm I'm thinking one of the things with Tom right now is overthinking the game and the new big contract. And, you know, as he changed his game, his skating, he looked excellent in preseason. It's the best he skated actually in the training camp testing. You know, he, he, he trains like a madman and, but he is doing things with the puck that he shouldn't be doing. I think he's got to get back to keeping it simple, uh, firing the puck. He's had some golden opportunities to shoot the puck and he's passed it off. And I, you can't score, you can't create offense uh, if you're not shooting that puck. The Leafs do a great job of shooting puck. Even though they want the quality shots, you still have to shoot it. And you can score goals off of rebounds. You can, you know, deflection. Sometimes you get lucky and it hits in the shin pad. Uh, he's got to get back to simplifying his game, not overthink the system. And, and maybe sometimes just say, to hell with the system when you have the puck. Do what you know you should be doing. What's always worked for you, and that's just chipping it by the D-man, get it below the goal line, uh, shoot from every angle, and he'll get his game going as he simplifies it. Right now, he's kind of complicating the night for himself. How's Backstrom moving around uh, off of that surgery? You know what? One of the things that's hurting him, he's not on the penalty kill right now, and he's having to learn how to play a game at 15 minutes or so. So... I, I think his skating is back to where it needs to be, you know, for years and, you know, not enough people noticed it, but he was dealing with those hip injuries forever. And, you know, he, he kind of had a little bit of hobble in his skates and, you know, like a, he, he was always doing a double push to get going. Uh, and he is back to skating fluidly. He's very strong on his skates. He's not 
the biggest guy. He's very fit right now. And I think it's just a matter of learning to get 15, 16 minutes because he was always the 21, 22, 23-minute guy. And I actually think with the way their penalty killing is going that he should be back on the first penalty kill unit, uh, get his legs going, get some confidence on the PK penalty kill for the team because right now the young guys are learning on the fly and they're making a lot of mistakes. So not, why not put a guy out there who knows what to do uh, at all times and get players can learn from watching him as well. So I still believe in Nick. I'd love to see him start creating offense, and that goes with the power play as well. Uh, he he's, can be guilty of standing around because that's what they did for so long. You know, they move it down to the, the goal line back up top. He'd look for Oshie in the middle or go to Carlson. Carlson over to Ovi. He'd get the big shot. You know, they score off of his shot or the rebound. So it's just a matter of everyone on this team needs some puck luck, and the confidence will get going, and there'll be a lot more fluid effort out of everybody. Alan, always appreciate your time on on our show. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, uh, Toronto and Washington. Thanks for doing this, man. Take care, guys. Thanks, Alan. Uh, so pretty much he's seen out of Sandine what we always watched as a Toronto Maple Leaf. A guy he's that... like, well, he's not that fast, <laughs> but he's also not very big, so he can't defend. So, you know, that's, those are the problems. He is good offensively-ish. Has trouble picking up his reads in his own zone. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like Lilligren in a different way for me. It's that, like, it's so tough to be a bottom-of-the-order defenseman without a niche as, like, a defender or an offensive guy. If you're just pretty good at hockey, which those guys are. It's hard. Lilligren, I think, is past Sandine. You know, like he's a better defender for sure. But yeah, Sandine made a lot of mistakes. I know you didn't love watching Sandine defend. No, 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 no. I think he's uh, average to below average uh, IQ when it comes to hockey, hockey, hockey yeah. IQ. Yeah, not SATs. Well, I don't know how he would do on Jeopardy, <laughs> but I mean, yes, IQ and hockey. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows no trivia. Is my analysis. Uh, uh, Listen, there's so much pressure on uh, Kuznetsov to be. This guy is so talented. He reminds me he of. He'll be uh, there, does he? Oh, what he reminds that. me of uh, uh, Alex Kovalev, where you just go, okay, this guy could be yeah. one of the best hockey players in the world. He's that talented. But imagine if he played for Toronto. It's like, like the abuse Willie Nylander takes. Like Dylan Strome could be their top centerman. Ooh. Well, looking at their lineups tonight, Matthew Phillips is their top line right winger. So that maybe that's why they're one and three or whatever they are. Yeah. Just speaks to their depth. Connor McMichael's on their second line. Sonny Milano's on their third line. Alan mentioned Oshi. Still a talented guy, but just seems was never to be, fast. Seems to be on his last legs. Yeah, it was never fast, so once he slows down a bit, that's hard. Was and it, all the guys who played college hockey against me are suddenly very slow in the NHL. Was it the Reeves? And Tom Wilson was that on the Rangers? Yes, and everything? it was. Like, right. So, what you going to give me a over under on uh, oh, a yeah. Wilson Reeves fight tonight? I don't know how I would do that, but I would bet that there might be a scrap. Yeah, yeah. Over under zero point five fights. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Reeves and Wilson. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe over unders doesn't work on that. <laughs> yeah, it does. I I think they would probably scrap. A plus, yeah. Plus something. <laughs> yeah, right. I say it's we've minus one hundred. We've gone a couple games without a scrap. I'm certain I want one again. So maybe they'll go. You need blood every so often. But I just think sacrifice. That, I think Tom Wilson's more of a hockey 
playing guy as opposed to Reeves. Like, yeah. he, you know, he actually goes out there and can affect yeah, the game like offensively. Yeah, the Leafs would, would win that they trade. If, if Reeves could fight him every period, yeah. the Leafs he, would be happy with that. He's got a fuse, and if he's Wilson. feeling a little frustrated, oh, yeah. I could easily see a... I think it would come off a big hit first. It wouldn't just be going out there to yeah. fight. It would be a, a chain reaction. But you could see this where the Caps are struggling. Yes. Wilson can't get it going. He's got a new contract. Yes. I know he fought at Genoa recently. I've watched somewhere. a couple Caps games this year, yeah. and his wires have crossed already a couple times where he yeah. just, like, jumps yeah. guys. He's just pissed off and, and yeah. frustrated. That's what it comes down to. I'm really looking forward to, to watching Ovi tonight and, and really assessing if he still looks like the same Ovi who's just yeah. snake-bitten, or is there a sense that... He's just maybe for the first time looking like he's a year older. He's going to show us all. He's going to take at least five shots tonight or register at least five Arms shots. Arms are going to fall off? Yes, he's uh, just going to be swinging away. In 56 games against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Alex Ovechkin has 41 goals and 33 assists. 41 goals in 56, 56 games? And, yes. It's almost like he's the greatest goal scorer okay. of all time. <laughs> we got to go to break here, but plenty more on the National Hour on Real Kipper and Born. Our thanks to Alan May. Stay tuned. Lots to get into. Real Kipper and Born.